Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to A View from the Bullens in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London, our official away day pub for all Evertonians. And fanscapes.co.uk, made by fans for fans. Hello and welcome to A View from the Bullins with me, Mick Kemp, Benwin Stanley, Michael Ball and our guest this afternoon is Paul the Esk. This is the Carlo Angelotti special. We're going to break it down into stages for you all. First things first, we're going to start with our away form. Ben, I'm going to come to you first. Your thoughts on our away form and marks out a 10 for Carlo Angelotti so far. Um, it really is Jekyll and Hyde, aren't we, in relation to home and away form? So if you dissect the away form, obviously we played 16 games, won 10, drawn three, lost, lost three. So we've got 33 points on the road, um, scoring 22, conceding 15, and have a goal difference of plus seven. So you break it down like that, Mick, and I think we sit in fourth out of all Premier League teams away from home. And for the past few years, we've really struggled away from home. Um, we've, we haven't really gone to the big six, as so they call themselves, and actually got the win and got the points. But this year, we've been to Anfield, uh, we've been to Tottenham, we've been to the Emirates, and we've come away with, with nine points from these teams. And it's just bizarre. Um, we, we've never, ever previously had a really good running away from home. And I don't know if that's to do with the home fans not being in the ground or they really want to rub it into our supporters to go up and down the country week after week and fail to see us win at these places and to do it during this pandemic I don't know um, yeah so it, 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 the away form's brilliant I, I can't really question it um, don't get me wrong some of them are a proper slog drawn out wins um, where we seem to have our back against the walls and we nick a goal and defend really well but I think that's our game plan away from home Mick I don't think we go at teams we don't go at the jugular so we don't leave ourselves exposed we tend to like sit back and defend really solidly as compact as a unit get a set piece get a breakaway goal and sit on it 
we've seen it at the Emirates recently. We, we didn't play well, but we come away with the three points, um, which, again, I've said previously on many other podcasts, I don't mind. I don't care how we play. I just want the three points on the board. So you, you look at it like that, and we've, we've performed really, really well. Um, obviously, we've had some disappointing results along the way, but getting the points at Old Trafford, and you, you look at the teams you beat around us, and it, it's, it's been a beat Leeds away, who... We've play, played really well, um, really enjoyable to watch. But then we've been to like Newcastle United and played goddamn awful. And people have switched off the TV after about 70 minutes and go, we're not watching that. And we come on in and have a good moan about the podcast. So if you're going to ask me to rate it, Mick, I'd probably rate the away form um, 8 out of 10 for me. Um, it, it, it's been brilliant. We, we could have really kicked on, but we've still got those niggling little losses. That, like the, the Newcastle performance sits, sits out for me. But... Going forward, we need to maintain this. Um, and that might be the tactics used going forward, even into next year. It might be a case of sitting back and breaking because I'm guessing the home team this year have to come out. They've got to come out. They've got to attack. And that's fallen right into Carlo Ancelotti's plans and tactics. So I'd go for 8 out of 10, Mick, for our away form. Paul, 8 out of 10 from Ben. What are your thoughts on our away form? Um, I, I think, well, it's the best I can remember since, since the 80s in terms of... Um, our waveform, and I think you know, <clears throat> suits Carlo and Carlo's experience down down to the ground. He, I think he's taken the approach that, uh, as one would do if you were in a European competition, playing playing your away leg, um, almost no, in every single game, just uh, you know, not not giving up too much, and um, as 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 was just said, uh, score on the break or score from uh, from a dead ball situation. So. Um, it's really played into Carlo's hands. I think. I think he's just taken the view that if he if he does what he has done for years in Europe, in the Premier League, then it will produce results. And you know, I don't think there's an Evertonian in the world that's really bothered about how attractive the performances have been away from home. It's just been an absolute pleasure to see us actually put points on on um, on, on the wall. And, and you know, let's face it, with our home form, it's been absolutely necessary to do so. So. Um, I, I, th- I think it's great. I think um, I think our away form asks a lot of questions about our home form because clearly the mentality to win exists within the squad and exists obviously within you know in in, in the manager. Um, and we'll get on, on to the home form obviously in, in a few minutes. But why we why that uh, mentality can't be translated uh, at Goodison is a, is a really interesting point. But Carlo has done fantastically, um, particularly given. You know our away our away form in in recent years. So I'd actually give him a nine out of ten for uh, away performances. Bully, an eight out of ten, a nine out of ten from Paul. What are your thoughts and marks out of ten for our away form under Carlo Ancelotti? Um, well, when Carlo came to the club, um, he wants us to improve us, and we needed improving. And it you do look at your away form in previous seasons where we haven't had a good run of results away from home. We get the, the one or two good games a season and that's basically it where the fans can enjoy a, a good three points on, on the road. Uh, but this season, it, it has the lads have just commented on. It, it's, it's perfect for Carlo. It's a typical Italian um, setup. Um, it reminds me of the days at Man City under Sven where away from home, you knew the opposition were going to try and get at you a little bit um, first 15, 20 minutes and You've just got to soak up the pressure. So Carlos come in and we were leaking goals very easily um, away from home. And 
He's got them set up, difficult to beat, uh, more compact, more switched on. Um, so that the opposition, they create a few little spaces for us, for us to, to counter-attack and uh, win, the, win these games in the break. Or we've been a lot stronger set pieces, I think, since Carlos come in. Our set pieces have, um, have been much better uh, on the attacking side of things. Um, so it, it sort of sits right. Um, the way we've got picked up these results against big teams away from home, it suited us. It suited his style of play. It suited the players. Uh, and we've been clinical. Um, obviously opposite at home, but the away form uh, and obviously getting one over your arch rivals as well, which was long overdue. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy with the, obviously, the away form this season. Uh, hopefully we, that's a springboard, a confidence for the players that they can do it. It's not just talk to talk and we were unlucky here, unlucky there. The lads have, have gone to these these stadiums against big clubs and they've come away with, with good results. So that hopefully bringing into next season that they've got the confidence to to do the same again. So overall, yeah, I'll I'll give him nine and probably I'll give him a point five for the Anfield one. <laughs> nine point five from Paul. <laughs> so we're all happy with the away form and De Carlo Angelotti. Ben, I'm going to start with you on this one, and and this one's going to be a bit of a tough conversation. We're going to talk about the home form now. Um, so same format, same marks out of ten, but this time our home form at Goodison Park, please. Um. One of them, isn't it? I feel like we're going back to a defeat podcast here, Mick. Down the dumps, talking about us at home. But now you, you look at the home form, um, playing 17 times, winning five, drawing four, losing eight, um, scoring 23, conceding 27 with a neg- minus four goal difference, leaves on 19 points at home this year. Currently placing us in 15th in the Premier League for the home form, which for me is a disgrace. Um, nothing short of that it's completely unacceptable and I've put a tweet out this week I, I don't want Carlo Ancelotti sacked I think he's the best thing that's happened at the football club but what I will say is he can't be um, he can't avoid criticism criticism um, from the fans and he can't not take some feedback from us Evertonians watching us play at home because it's not good enough I think is it three or four wins since October three wins at home I think it is since October um, it's simply unacceptable for me um, the home teams we played in 2021 is just, it's just, I feel like we've missed a massive, massive opportunity and we're just not scoring. We're not scoring quick enough. Teams are coming to Goodison, sitting back, doing probably what we do away from home and saying, come at us. And because we don't have pace to actually get behind these teams, get around them, create the chances, we're not, we're not creating chances. We're not creating goals and then we're conceding. And then even more so, it plays into the, the opposition's hands because we've got to go at the team then even more. And they're going in and scoring a second. Um, and it's just not... I don't know what's going on with the home for me. It's, it's just not good at all. And it's not pleasant. It, it seems to be unbalanced. I think when James doesn't play, which was even against Aston Villa last week, it was there was no creativity. We've, we only really score goals from set pieces or breakaway goals again or a, a keeper error. So it, it's not good at all. It's not attractive football. Um, but like I said, if we were winning every week, I really wouldn't care. But we're not. We're sitting in 15th. And if it wasn't for our away form, like uh, Paul said before, then we'd be really struggling. If we performed away from home like we have in previous seasons with the current home form, we'd be riding amongst it uh, in the bottom half of the table, which which is worrying. Now, you can argue that we've had been really, really um, unlucky with injuries obviously we've lost to Corey who for me has been massive miss in that midfield since he's been out there's been no legs no energy 
And obviously the pivot formation that we've been playing, there's been no one actually sitting in the gap um, or getting the legs back to track the central midfielders. One is, I've seen a picture on Twitter of the Aston Villa central midfield breaking. I think Gomez is somewhere out on the left wing. Um, I think Allen's been <clears throat> taken on or passed on and there's literally no one in front of the back four. And Decore there would potentially have the legs to get back and win it. But just the gaps are just so obvious to see. And we're just... I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's now like got into a bit of a mentality where every time we get given a chance to obviously push on for Europe, push on for top four, which after the Arsenal results, they draw me back in. And I'd said that on this podcast. But then they always seem the game after to just blow it. Now, are we bottling it? Probably. There's quite a lot of on the plate there. You've got to start questioning the mentality at home and What's going on? Are the players now used to losing at home, not getting the victories at home? And is it coming into their performances? I really don't know. I don't know what the answer is, uh, Mick, because we're probably playing the same as we are away. The teams are just sitting back and saying, right then, Everton, come at us. You've got to come at us. And they're just breaking with real pace. We've seen that Traore for Aston Villa in the last game. He just set quite high and broke straight away. Um, was it El Ghazi as well? And, that Ollie Watkins runners runners ragged are just on the break. So every time we push forward with the midfielders, then they just went right up the back of us with pace and playing into the opposition's hands. And they obviously got the goal and we were struggling then. And we got a goal from a set piece, which we've done quite a lot this year. I won them at the second most headed goals in the league, I believe. So yeah, I don't know. I really, really don't know. And it really gets me down talking about Everton at home, Mick, as you can tell. I really don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the difference is away from home if we're just sitting back more and we're getting forced to come on to them. I really don't know. But it's not been good enough. It's not acceptable for me as an Evertonian. Um, look, like I said before, Ancelotti has been the best sign in this club's done in the past 30 years. He's a winner. But he really needs to get a grip at home because the football and... If you're playing the football like we have been doing and not getting the points, you're open for criticism. Now, like I said before, don't want him sacked. Want him around this football club. He's going to get it right. He is the man for me. But he's able to take criticism if he if he if we aren't performing well at home, which we aren't. So, I'm going to rate us make a home. I'm going to go as low as a three out of ten, um, and that's high. I was close to going a two, but I go for a three and give them the benefits of the doubt. So if they prove me wrong in the running, but it's not good, it's not acceptable, and it's not pretty. Um, so that's where I stand, Nick. A three out of ten, Paul from Ben. It's our most defeat since the Premier League has started. What are your thoughts on our home form, Paul? I think it's it's really puzzling, isn't it? Um, that this sort of uh, this has been allowed to sort of develop as as the season has gone on, and the, um, I thought it was really interesting. It's Aston Villa, or rather, after Aston Villa, it's the first time really Carlo's come out publicly and shown his frustration. So it seems to me that um, he probably has a plan for how we should be playing at home. But our players aren't just aren't 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 doing it for some reason. And um, Michael, I'd be interested in, in in your view when 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 it's your turn to speak as to how much an an, an effect uh, not having fans in the ground is, because to me, obviously as a non-footballer, that seems like a bit of an excuse and a bit of a bit of a reason not to look for the real reasons. Um, and I don't know whether that is the case or not. So I'd, I'd be led by your opinion on that. The one thing that everybody can see is that we start games so slowly. Um, and then the general pattern is you start the game slowly, perhaps we make a mistake, we can see the goal. 
we don't have a plan then. I mean, we sort of look like completely shapeless. We look as if it, most of the players haven't played together before. Um, and there's no identifiable style of football. You don't, you know, you, it, it's not, rec- at least when we go away from home, there's a recognisable style of football and, and the players are clearly working to a plan and they're, they're playing to the instructions that are given to them. I don't see any evidence of that really at Goodison. And that's, and, and that's a huge, huge mystery. Um, and I, I really don't have, don't have an answer to it. Um, what, how, how do I score them? I think, I think three is generous. So I'm probably going to go for a two. A two out of 10 for Paul. Bawley, just what Paul just said about no fans being in the stadiums is, you know, is that just an excuse or is it a genuine excuse? But even so, you know, I know Ben touched on about injuries. It's been a, it's been a problem this has, hasn't it? Our home from all season. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a massive disappointment. Um, the lads have hit the nail on the head really, but Regarding no fans, um, it's hard for me to comment as well. Um, I've never done it. Uh, you you go pre-season, maybe. Uh, you have a few games, but they're not competitive matches. They don't really matter. Yes, you're still trying to put a performance in, but they're not Premier League games. Um, and yes, the fans can work for you and they can also work against you. And I feel it probably was an excuse um, maybe when it first started. But then at the end of the day, Everyone's in the same boat. Uh, you just got to get on with it. And it's sort of deep inside you. Um, I remember an occasion when I was playing for Everton and I thought I was doing okay. I thought I was doing my job. And you know, the late Gary Speed and midfield, he, he ran past me and tackled my man. And I'd looked and went, what are you doing? And he went, that's your job. And that woke me up. You know, and I feel we haven't got that. We've got sort of the lack of leadership around us at times where if no one's doing the job, who's going to, sort of wake them up and demand more from each other. Um, also with Carlo, I think he's worked really hard trying to keep us compact. And we've seen the benefits of us working <clears throat> away from home. But at Goodison, I don't feel the players sort of, as Paul mentioned, we're sort of stuck in, we want to do the job, we want to be compact, but also we know that we've <clears throat> got to be on the front foot at times. And we're, we do it in parts, but we don't do it consistently regarding the whole 90 minutes and two or three players might be trying to force the issue. Two or three players are being more safe, uh, but too passive. Um, and the away teams, they just sit back and wait for us to make a make a mistake. And and unfortunately, we've, we've made too many errors at, at home. And it was good to see Carlo frustrated and angry. Um, it proves that he's asking the players to do, do a certain job and maybe they're not good enough or they got sucked into the game. You can do that. Um, the game's not going for you. You probably start doing things that you haven't been asked and you think you're, you're doing better than trying harder, but you're putting the team at risk, being out of position or not being in the right place when we get the ball. And at home, I just feel our possession. Um, we're not very good on the ball. Um, we give the way far too easy. We're trying to force the issue at times. And yeah, if fans were there, would they make... Other decisions, probably so, but they're not there. So you can't look at that excuses. Um, Decore's been a massive miss. Allen's been out. So we've had no consistency. Um, it's easy to defend as a team. Um, you get together, you talk, you communicate, and you can be compact as a as an 11, say. Um, but when you want to expand and, and start breaking the line, someone's got to be a bit braver um, to make them decisions and find them holes. And we've seen that when Hammers plays. But when he's missing, unfortunately, we don't seem to have anybody else who's 
willing to do that, or not many of us are willing to do it at the same time. So it's, yeah, it's been a massive disappointment. Um, it's a massive question mark over Carlo that his message is not getting across to the players. Uh, so it's more time at Finch Farm. It's uh, mentioned in the last podcast. I feel like when you look at the other teams and the, you know, ahead of us, their front three play. Um, they break the lines very quick. They seem to have a rhythm in that final third to create opportunities and chances for the teammates. When we seem to get off in them situations, very rarely we seem to make the right pass. You know, Charles might take the extra touch, uh, or he makes the wrong decision, and not just um, Richie, but anyone else in, in that in that front area. So we don't seem to have that rhythm and understanding. Um, away from home is easier because you might only get that one opportunity. But when you you're trying to force the issue. We get stretched and that's when teams start picking us off and they counter-attack us and kill the game. And it's been it's been so disappointing that we haven't learned. Yes, it can happen once or twice, but learn from learn from your mistakes. And we, we're not doing that. Carlo's not doing that. And we probably feel that we would take our opportunities. You know, we will go on and win them football games. But the Villa game just proved that they sat back and they had legs in midfield to, to counter-attack us. And it hurts us. And it's not just once this season. Um, so the overall... Um, yeah, the scores are pretty right. I go with we share number number three, three out of ten. <laughs> so, Baldy, three out of ten, Ben, three out of ten, and Paul, two out of ten for our home form. Next is style of play. So, combining the home form, Ben, and our away form, where do you fit and where do you see our style of play at the moment? You know, a lot of Evertonians are not happy, they want to be, you know, edge of the seat, they want to be excited. What are your thoughts on our style of play so far under Carlo Ancelotti? Um, it's not pretty. It's like Paul said correctly. We, we don't start games 100 mile an hour like some sides and really go at the jugular early doors. We seem to just sit back, flow into the game, create a few chances from set pieces, get a goal and sit on it from there. So I can see the frustration from Evertonians. I can. But what I will say is Ancelotti has inherited the squad, which for me um, isn't wasn't the best squad um, that he could go for. And the four players he signed um, obviously excluding Josh King for now the five but the four players that we signed last summer there's been for me have been the best four players at the club this year obviously Godfrey's been revelation been superb Hammers when he's fit so they so they so they are the, has been brilliant probably the best player I love love watching him play love how we just always find space um, and then you look at Alan who for me has been a massive success. Um, I thought he's been brilliant and Decorley he's my favourite player <laughs> at the club you know how much I love him Mick I've loved him for years just love how energetic he is he goes up and down And but you look Alan's had a, a massive chunk of this season out Hamez has missed a fair of games and Decorley's missed the last eight weeks so I think from the the first six games Mick when I think the first, when Godfrey was obviously trying to get into the team the other three were starting week in week out and it, there was no surprise where we went on that Lovely one, where we playing lovely football. Everyone knew what they were doing. They knew the game plan. They knew the tactics. They knew what they were doing away from home. They knew what they're doing at home. And we had such a good balance. We were scoring for fun. But then I think what's gotten Carlo's mind is we were conceding quite a lot. And he's obviously with injuries and other things, we've been tinkering formations. I think we've played a 5-4-1, We've played so many different formations this year, and that can only be put down, Mick, for me, is the injuries we've got. And Ancelotti trying to tinker the squad and tinker the tactics with the players he's got now. 
looking at that the back line, I still don't think he trusts that back four because we play so deep at the back. We never ever play a high line and we never really push up the field to put teams on the back foot. Now, for me, I I, I think he really likes Godfrey. I think he can see that going forward. But I just with the the other right centre back position, he swaps and changes it quite a lot. There's Keane, Mina, Holgate. Um, so for me, I don't, don't think he's settled on a solid centre-half partnership. I think Godfrey's your, your number one for me because he really goes at players, he goes at the, the tackles and he gets people. He, there's your leader for me going forward. He's the one that I'd want to see in the future have the captain's armband on because, like Borley touched on before, he is your Gary Speed is going to smash into someone and say, you need to get a grip, you need to, that's your man, why am I doing your job? And I love seeing that from an Evertonian. That's what we all get behind. It's, it's in our logo in our motto Neil Satisness Optimum but only the best is good enough and that's what we'll follow if you put your best in we will get behind you as Evertonian so yeah the overall style of play Mick it's changed hasn't it the first six games I'd argue is the best I've seen us play in a long time uh, I think that performance at White Hart Lane I was like oh my god what is happening here first game of the season came back just been to Chester Zoo all happy and seen us puff uh, at three points away at White Hart Lane I thought oh, this is a re- this is going to be a, a solid season This there was space everywhere James was playing on the right and then obviously teams started to notice that James wasn't getting back as much and Seamus Coleman was exposed and then Coleman got injured and then Holgate was there who isn't going to be bombing on like he Seamus is so your right hand side was completely nullified and I think it's been hard. Um, if we had the fully fit 11, we've got a really good, strong 11, but we haven't got the squad there yet. And that's why we keep on going back to your ground dog uh, summer transfer windows because I feel like we still are four or five players away from having the squad that Ancelotti wants where if someone gets injured, someone can slot straight back in um, to actually play into the tactics, play what the manager wants to do. But we've just been so, so, so unlucky with injuries. Um, and But you won't find us Evertonians moaning about it. You won't find Ancelotti coming up moaning about it. We just get on with it because it's football. But we have been massively unlucky. But the football hasn't been good since the turn of the year. Hold my hands up and say it, it hasn't been good. But we've been getting wins away from home. So I really couldn't care less about the performance. That could be the game plan. And coming away from these places with three points and coming away from Anfield with three points is brilliant for the fans. You've missed it for so long. But overall, um, it's hard, isn't it? It's a hard score in this one. I'd probably go for a five out of ten. The first six games were up there for eight nines out of ten, Mick. But since then, it hasn't been pretty. It hasn't been a nice watch and it's been frustrating. So I'd go for a five out of ten. Um, but like I said, my, in my defence, Francelotti, it's not his squad yet. And the players that are coming off the bench, for me, aren't good enough. Paul, Ben's, Ben's given out Carlo Ancelotti a 5 out of 10 for start of play. Where do you sit with this? I mean, like you just touched on earlier, no fans. You know, if fans were in the stadiums right now, I'm sure they'd be letting Carlo Ancelotti f- fully aware that they're not happy with the start of play. So where do you sit with this one? <laughs> I, um, I've got so bored watching us at home. Uh, for the first time in my life, you know, I sort of haven't... Either if I haven't been at the game, I haven't really sort of thought been excited about the idea that oh, Everton are playing tonight or Everton are playing this afternoon. Um, the away game is different uh, because I really don't care how we play away from home. I just like the idea that we've got a good chance of of winning games based on on how we performed during the season. But the the, the games at Goodison have been so painful, and every time you watch them, you you I don't really I hate trying to be I hate being negative about Everton because. 
um, you know, the, the club I love and the club I support. So I'm always wanting to look for a positive as it added a performance, but playing the way we've played at Goodison for so, so long, and I know there are mitigating factors, particularly with it, with injuries. Um, it's just been so desperately boring and unexciting. Um, and I I thought a couple of months ago that, you know, with, with a bit of luck, we still might make the Champions League uh, and the Europa League was, you know, absolutely nailed on. Now I can't wait for the season to finish. Um, it, it, it's got it's it's got to that point now. Maybe that's more says more about me than it does about about the team. Um, but I suspect there's an awful lot of Evertonians uh, thinking thinking the same. And I don't know whether it's down to the manager or whether it's down down to the players. Um, I have to say I'm I'm disappointed with Carlo's ability to get more out of the players that he's he's got. I know them. I know they're not hit. Well, some of them are not his players, um, and some of them are probably playing football at a level that he never imagined he'd have to manage, or not, not least uh, in, in in his latter years. So maybe it's a different set of circumstances for him as well. But I, I said on on my own podcast on Sunday, um, I don't think he's got enough out of the players, and he's not created uh, enough of of an improvement out of enough players. I mean, clearly some players have improved their performance this year. DCL being the obvious, the obvious example in terms of who was there previously. He's improved. But around the pitch, not really. And the one thing that sort of confuses me is the lack of confidence around around the pitch. You know, we, as I said, we start we start the game slowly, um, but nobody seems to really want want to take the ball and, you know, run with the ball or run past a player who's got the ball, you know, looking, looking for a forward pass. There's this sort of collective lack of confidence. And I thought Carlo, with his style of management, um, sort of his relatively easygoing um, style, that he would have created a, an environment in which the types of players that we have would, would have blossomed. Um, and But that doesn't seem to be the case. Now, I've not really answered the question about style because there, you know, there's no identifiable style uh, at Goodison. Night. But in terms of what Carlo's done, uh, there is that disappointment about, particularly about what, what he's been able to achieve at home. So, um, you know, I gave him a nine and I gave him a two. So the overall score the score is five and a half. The other bit, I suppose, and you know, this is re- re- this is absolutely ridiculous. Me questioning. His um, his team selections, but sometimes his team selections are a little, a little odd and sort of at least have me scratching my head. Um, and some of his substitutions at times, again, particularly at home, uh, have me scratching my head, um, particularly against Aston Villa. But you know, we've, we've been through that. So five and a half for Paul Bawley, style of play. Yeah, I agree again. Um... In parts, we play some great football and we get excited. Um, even in the build-up to games, you know, the excitement's gone. You know, you're looking at the time of the games, Friday night, you're thinking, oh, here we go again. You know, early on in the season, you were excited. You had your weekend all planned and the boys have let you down. And and they've been difficult watchers, um, you know, especially when we've gone ahead. Um, and then you're watching the rest. It just seems like it's the longest 90 minutes of, of your life uh, for some of them games because we sort of just had no 
answers. We just sat back and just tried to hold on. Uh, and you, you could just see goals coming then. Um, some some games we, we held on, but especially at home, we never. Um, you got to remember, Carlo, the, the, the class of players he's managed before. Um, the question is, has he improved us as a team? He has, because we're, we are higher in the league. And, you know, he has broke some records and some voodoos since he's been in the club. Okay, majority of them have been away from home. Um it could just be down to the players not being good enough. You know, he's asking players to probably do certain stuff um, that they're not capable of. You know, he's managed top teams, you know, Real Madrid and, and Bayern Munich, and the players probably get it. And they, they've got the ability to do it um, consistently. I don't think we have. Um, when we do get our moments, we, we do lack quality in certain moments. But as DCLs, he, he's improved well this season. Um, his signs are, probably have been the, the better players. And Tom Davis has improved uh, from the year before. But every manager we've had uh, since Mercedes come in, we've had the same question. You know, why can't these players get up for these games? You know, why can't Marco Silva get the best out of this squad? Why can't Ronald Koeman get the best out of his squad? That's his job. And the same question needs to be for Carlo, especially at home. Um, we know we've had our excuses and disappointment with injury suspensions and, and, and the no fans, but... The style of play at home is the baffling one for us where we can't really see what style we're doing. We're sort of stuck in two mindsets, as I said earlier. Um, away from home, our style of play suits Carlo. It's easier to defend as 11. And then you can counter-attack and break and you, you use Richie's pace or all the set pieces to, to win your football games, which is which is work. But at Goodison, I do seem to struggle at what, how we play, how we set up. Um, the substitutions, for me, we haven't got the the quality in depth. It's more like for like when you're, you're desperate for the forward to come on the pitch. And just to make that substitution questions the opposition, they'll end up sitting back thinking there's an extra striker on the pitch. We need to be careful here. But we're doing like for like. I, maybe Gomez come off for, for Gomez and and it's not making much of a difference. Um, he doesn't seem to change it enough. When it, um, but it, it's, it's difficult to question Carlo Ancelotti. You know, he's... He's a top, top manager and he obviously has a style of play that he's been used to and has been very successful um, in doing so. And we brought him to the football club um, to improve. We are we have improved, but we, we've probably got to be a little bit realistic. You know, with the Hammers, if you look at his career, you're not going to get 30 games out of him a season. He's never done it. So when he's not there, who else are we going to bring in uh, to take his place and to win his football games? And the players need to step up in and around him when he's not available. Um, but that's up to Carlo. You know, Carlo at Finch Farm needs to question and, and demand more from these players. But I think, unfortunately, that's probably happened and they're not good enough. Um, so style of play, I agree with the guys. I'll go down the middle with a, a five out of ten. Really good highs and good performances, but really, really bad lows. So, yeah, it's stuck in the middle for me. So five out of ten for Borley. Next is transfers under Carlo Ancelotti. I know Marcel Brands has a big say in the transfers, Ben, but nevertheless, I think we'll probably all agree on this one. Transfers under Carlo Ancelotti, where'd you sit with this? Yeah, I said before, the four the four transfers he brought in last summer, I think, have all been a success for me. Um obviously Alan Decore and even Hammers have picked up their injuries. Um, but Godfrey has probably been the best player at the club this year. Um now that the Godfrey one is probably more of a Marcel Brand signing. Um, because I'm gonna be honest, I I'd watched Norwich and I was more interested in Max Allen's and Brendian when they were in the Premier League. I didn't really get onto 
this raging centre back that they had. Um, but he's been a sense of revelation, hasn't he? At the club, absolute brilliant, and I'd like to see him as a future captain. Um, Decore and Allen, um, you'd argue when they played, they've been brilliantly, but they picked up knocks, picked up injuries, which has set back our season, set back our tactics, as discussed before. Um, and then you look at the, the Josh King one, which for me is just, it's still baffling. Um, it was clear that the club clearly potentially wanted, I think it was Huang from Leipzig. Um, that was what that was the number one target they wanted in, in January, but they think they were willing to loan him out to us. So we ended up with Josh King in the last minute. And I think it's a bit of a panic buy for me. Um, I'm just glad that we did it in a way where we doesn't financially impact the club in the long run, where we've been used to Everton giving out contracts to these players. If Everton of two, three years ago, Mick would have given Josh King a three-year contract. Um, on a on a decent salary, and he, if he hasn't performed, then we're struggling. But the six month loan, or however it's worked, has worked out in our favour. It hasn't been a success. He hasn't lit up Goodison as we thought he might do off the bench or starting games. And it's clear that Cancer Carlo Ancelotti doesn't trust him because, as Paul rightly touched on before, some of the substitutions against Aston Villa were just a bit bizarre. Where about probably say ninety percent of Evertonians are pushing for someone like Josh King to come on at one one to go and try and win the game. And sub- substitution never came. We went 2-1 down and Ancelotti kind of reacted to going 2-1 down instead of trying to literally be be proactive and actually try and get the points instead of reacting to what, what's happened in front of him. So, yeah, overall, I think um, the short time he's been here, the transfers have been a success. Um, and I think it's going to be another success this summer. Um, it's going to be difficult, obviously. No, we've still got to get some players out the club. We know that, uh, and that's going to be Marcel Brand's most difficult um, doing this summer. But I feel like it, the, the style, it's the styles there between Brand and Ancelotti. It's clear to see that Ancelotti wants say in the transfers as well, because I don't think Brands would have been an, an interest of uh, of Allen, for example. Um, I think that was probably a Carlo Ancelotti signing, as was Hammers Rodriguez. But you look globally, what Rodriguez has done for the club, um, especially in the states, in Colombia, places like that. I think it's grown. Um, are are like sales markets out there by enormous numbers which has been brilliant for the football club and when you've got a world-class superstar like Rodriguez in the club it's going to do that it's going to help financially so it's been a success and I'm just hoping they get it right this summer we we all know what positions we need to get we need to get a right back right wing probably a backup striker if Josh King's not coming in and a goalkeeper for me they're the, the priorities going forward I think the club have probably leaked the information as well that they're the four positions they want to get in and get sorted but we, I still feel like we need a centre-half. As I stated earlier on this podcast, I don't think Ancelotti trusts the other centre-half signings, uh, the centre-half position. So you think Godfrey's your number one. Now, is the likes of Mina your saleable asset? If we've talked about, about before, two years left on his contract, 120, 130 grand a week. Does he deserve another large contract? I'm not too sure, but that's out for the Evertonians to decide, not me. I'm for Marcel Brands and Ancelotti. So... We do need to get it right. I feel, do feel like we need to get another five, five or six players in, Mick. But again, I think with the regulations around us, we probably can't. So we're going to have to box clever again this summer um, and try and get the players in of, of the priority for me, which is the right-hand side. And if Josh King's leaving, um, a striker potentially on loan. Um, so yeah, overall, I, I'd probably give the signings um, an, an 8 out of 10, Mick, when fit. When the players have been fit, it's been 8 out of 10 for me. Uh, it's only not going to be higher because of, of the injuries. They've, they've they've come in and got the injuries. Out of, just unfortunate, they've been unlucky. So for me, 8 out of 10. Paul, where do you sit with the transfers? 
agreed pretty much with what's just been said. You know, clearly, um, Angelotti had much more influence in in last summer window um, than managers has had previously since since Brands has been there. Uh, it's it's interesting if you look at saying what, what we sort of need in the summer. Obviously, right right back right wing. If you, if you look at that, but then you compare it to what Brands was, was talking about only only in in January, you know, Brands was. We know that the squad is uh, is not is not balanced. You know, we have, to, for example, we have too many midfielders. But the the question is, where where do how, how do we how do we get rid of those players? And I, I accept entirely that this is going to be Brands' Brands' job um, to move players on. But if players are sitting on contracts that they're not going to earn. Where they're not going to earn the same amount elsewhere. Can you really blame them for for wanting to stay at the club for for not want for not wanting to move? And unfortunately, given circumstances, both in terms of our own finances, but also in terms of COVID, you know, we, we have got to move players out before we we bring players in. And you know, I've I've spoken for years about we can't really afford to keep buying players, but Mashiri keeps finding the money. But all it does is just create bigger and bigger losses, and and our loss situation. You know is concerning, and if uh, the Premier League decide to sort of be as strict as they have in the past in terms of profitability and sustainability, then then we've got real issues. So we can't we can't buy without selling. Whether or not Mashiri's got the cash available to do that or not it is almost a, a mute point. Now you might point to what the Six have done recently and say, well, they drove a sort of coach and horses through. All the Premier League regulations, therefore, we can do so financially. That might be a view that Mashiri takes. He might want to take that chance. But I also know that there are other board members who um, are very concerned about that, that particular particular point. So, whilst absolutely we need to to strengthen the squad and we need to strengthen certain certain positions, w- without getting people out that we've proved that have proved difficult to get out previously. It's really difficult to see um, how we do it. The other point about the people that we need to get out is the longer that they stay at the club, the less attractive attractive they are to an, an, another club because they're not actually developing their own careers. They're not actually becoming better footballers either because a they're not they're not in in the first in the first team or b when they are in the in, in the first team they're, they're demonstrating the reasons why. Um, they shouldn't be at the club, so I, th- I think it's a. I think it's a. Re- we're going to have a really, really difficult summer. It would be fascinating to see how well um, or not uh, we do out of it. Clearly, Carlo is going to attract certain people, and will have people in mind. Uh, but whether we're able to do it or not, I, I, I genuinely don't know. So, where are you with transfers then, Paul? Out of ten so far under Carlo Ancelotti, I, th- I think. I think his selection has been good, so I'd, I'd give him a seven. A seven. Paulie, same to you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Carlo came to the club to improve us and he'll want ready-made players um, who will make an impact straight away. And every one of his players <clears throat> that he's brought to the club will be in our starting lineup. Um Yes, we've got inherited a quite a big squad but the club itself and Marcel he's still got the same problems as the lads touched on that he's had since he walked through the door you know, the squad was huge when he walked through the door um, we probably had 
a technical director, an owner and a manager at the time who all wanted an input. It cost us a lot of money. It was very lopsided, um, but very unbalanced. We had three, three number 10s at one point when we were crying out for, say, a left winger. We, I think we had Rooney, Klassen, Sigerson. Um What I'm liking now is they seem to be working hand in hand. Yes, Carlo would be trying to post the best players possible. Um, even if you look in the media, last few days, the, the players we've been sort of targeted with is shows the ambition of Carlo, if that's true. Whether we can afford that is a different issue, but it's a good headache to have. Um, and the players that we do need to move on, unfortunately, we're not going to get top dollar for, for any of them, uh, for not for majority of them. Um, and that's got been touched on. You know, I've been there as a player where... I wasn't wanted at the club or, or I couldn't play um, for financial reasons. And my choice was, well, I can sit here for the next couple of years and, and pick up me, me good wages. Um, and it's you know, the, the, the club made that agreement. Um, I made that agreement. So I could have been, had that mentality and, and sat there for the next two and a half years picking up a good paycheck by doing nothing. That's not going to help any of these players um, in the long run because the career of playing football is what you love and, and what you want to do. Going into training week in and week out, every day for weeks, throughout the months of playing through the season, watching your teammates going to do something that you can't because you've been a bit stubborn with your contract. Um, may work short time for you if you've got a high profile. If you say, if you look at Gareth Bale, say. But if you haven't got the profile like that, it doesn't work for you. You need to go and find a club to go and play football and, and start loving the game again. You don't want players at your club who may be disruptive and they're separating and they're still all going to be on WhatsApp groups together, even though they're not training together. So you don't want any of that negativity around the club. And I think Marcel's had that problem since he's worked in the club. So it's not new. Um, so he's got a very, very busy summer to attract buyers or takers for, for our unwanted or Carlos unwanted players to take us next step forward. Um, we obviously want competition for everywhere on the pitch of quality not just numbers so it's a massive balancing act um, fingers crossed we, we can do something in the summer that we know COVID's impacted everyone uh, but I think the fans will be very very disappointed if we don't bring one or two big signings in um, alongside shipping a few players out and replacing them um, with more prospects going forward um, higher level um, striker I feel is really important for us whether that's alongside DCL to help him, more experienced player, um, to add to his game. But yeah, we know the positions we need to fill. Um, but what the players that we were brought in, I agree with what the, the boys have touched on. You know, they've took us to a different level. You know, I've, it's probably happened the last few years where we brought players in. We brought, I remember when we brought Snardlin in. And for the first few games, he looked great. You know, he was, he had the desire, he, he was, driving with the ball forward. He got the levels up of everyone else. Then it slipped back down to, now you know the reasons why he's left Man United. But then Gomez came to the football club with pre-injury and he was head and shoulders our best player. Um, obviously, he's had the, the injury, but, but then since, you know, Decore's come in, James comes in, the levels have gone up again and Godfrey's come in and he's proven, you know, probably what Carlo wants as a, as a defender. Um and how the fans obviously love his his ability and his hunger to throw his body on the line, but also he's got you know 
the awareness to, to defend well at times. And and that's probably been the disappointment of our season. I'm not going to really go back over old ground, but why we play so deep is because that gets the best out of the lads we've got available. With me and Kimi need to play deep because, because of the pace and that just leaves our midfield so open. And with the lack of legs, it does cause us problems. Um, but fingers crossed that can get that, you know, that will get sorted in the summer uh, and with pre-season, a longer pre-season, a longer time for the manager to work with uh, new players, get them in early, um, will make us make us better and stronger for the next season. But overall, with the, the new boys coming in, I'd like what I've seen. Um, it's great to see hand in hand. I think the Corey and Godfrey with Marcel's and the, the, the scouting team have been looking at them plays for a numerous years. And it was good that you know, they brought them in and Carlos gave them the thumbs up and trusted them to do that. Um, and also that it's worked both ways that Carlos brought in the players that he wanted and it's worked for us so far. So fingers crossed they can still work in hand in hand and um, improve us for next season. So uh, overall, I give I give the signs at eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Ben, we've had home form, away form, style of play and transfers. So now overall, Carlo Ancelotti's tenure at Everton, Marks out of 10. What are your thoughts overall? Um, well, like I said, Carlo Ancelotti's the best signing for me this football club's made in the past 30 years. <laughs> He's a natural born winner. And he, I still think, and I still stick by, that he is the man to lead us forward. And that he's the man that's going to hopefully bring success this year. You've clearly seen what he's done at the places where we've been to this year. Anfield, Tottenham. Um, and Arsenal winning away at these clubs that we failed to do so for so long. Um, he does bring that winner's mentality, but he's got to be open to some criticism um, from us fans. Um, he's got to because the home form isn't good enough. The, the, the changes that he takes to make in our home isn't good enough. He, like I said before, he's, not re- he's reactive, not proactive. If he doesn't go chasing the points, he tends to just happen with what happens on the pitch, which for me needs to change. But... Like Paul said earlier, well, we've got a real identity away from home. We're going to sit back and we're going to let let teams try and come at us. But and we get the three points and it's working. But we haven't got that identity at home, and we really need him to find that quick because we've still got somehow. I don't know how we're still. If we can get generate a good run in three or four games to kick on, um, to actually try and push, if we get the next three or four games out the way, get a few wins under our belt. We might still. We might still literally be in Europe and I'm literally clutching at straws there with that comment. I just, I think it might be too late now after the Aston Villa game, but look, the players have proved us all wrong before and we need to go out there and do it again. Um, overall, like Borley said, he's improved us and Slotty's come in and we have improved. Um, the league position shows that. Uh, we brought some quality players in. Um, the away form's brilliant. The uh, home form's not so good. So, overall, Mick, I'm probably going to go for 7.5 out of 10 because I think there is room for improvements. Um, and what's so frustrating about this year is the chance was there for me. If we could have just had, had a normal home season like we had done, we'd be knocking on the door top four now. And I just feel like it's a massive, massive opportunity missed for the football club. Not just on the pitch, but off it, because getting in the Champions League could have been financially brilliant for Everton. But I don't think we're there yet. I don't think we have the squad there to compete in the Champions League. You watched that City-PSG game last night and... The standard is just insane. Um, absolutely brilliant football games over the past, past two legs. So I don't think we're quite there yet. We need to be patient. We need to trust the project. Um, and we need to back Carlo Ancelotti. But we, can't, we, we I don't want him stacked, but he's got to be under, under the microscope every now and again, Mick, because 
the home form's not been good enough, so I'll stick by 7.5 out of 10. Um, just need to have a good run in now and kick on and really, really push on as a club uh, on the pitch and, as Paul said, off the pitch as well. Paul, a 7.5 from Ben overall under Carlo Ancelotti's tenure. Is that is that harsh? Is it is it generous? What are your thoughts? I think it's a little generous, to be honest. Um, given given the man's reputation, given, given, given his record, uh, I genuinely think that we could and should have expected more from him this season. Um, we can point to the players and, of course, at the end of the day, it's the players that have to deliver on the pitch. And one could argue that they haven't. But then it's the manager's responsibility to get them to the position where they where they do deliver, uh, both in terms of their um, their psyche, their thought process, but also obviously in terms of their tactics, in terms of their fitness, in terms of their desire desire to win. And there are still big question marks over large elements of the Everton squad, you know, in so many different aspects of of the game, and I. Personally, whilst I, you know, I'm delighted he's, he's at the club, and I, I really enjoy listening to him, and I think he does a fantastic, you know, he's fantastic from a PR perspective in terms of the profile of the club. Um, clearly, in terms of attracting players in into the club, excellent. All all of that are massive positives. And of course, it has to be remembered as well that Fard Mashiri did a fantastic job in bringing him to the club in the first instance. Very opportunistic. Um, he rebuffed the, 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 the first approach and then we went back with another approach, whether whether it was driven by more money or whatever, he got him here. But having said that, I, I go back to the, to the primary point that I'm making. I think Carlo could have and should have done more um, with the opportunity that was available uh, to him this season. Yes, it's not his squad. We know that. But because it's been such an unusual season... Um, there was the opportunity to, you know, take advantage of other clubs' misfortune, and you see Leicester. Well, I mean, Leicester are a good club, but you see Leicester having taken advantage of that. But you look at the at the work that uh, David Moyes has done at West Ham, um, and he's really grasped the opportunity that was available to him. And I don't think Carlo has done the same, um, or not to the same extent, at least. Uh, as Michael says, yes, there's you know there are improvements. Uh, you, you, you can point to areas of improvement, either individuals or aspects of how we play in terms of certainly away games. But overall, um, slightly disappointing, I think, so far. Uh, and on that basis, I'd only give him a six. A six for you. Bully, overall, Carlo Ancelotti? Well, obviously, it was a big, big scoop to bring him in. Big buzz. Um I'm just going to talk off the field, really. I know he's he's getting paid to to come in and improve us and and win us football games. But what I've liked from his demeanour and his interviews, and he's embraced the city. You know, we've had past managers live in other cities um, and not sort of understand how we are as Evertonians, how we tick. Um, he's out on the beach. He's out cycling. You know, and you've got to remember we're in a pandemic. Um, Past managers, uh, even players, <clears throat> every opportunity, which is fair enough, is they fly home, they go and see the family, they go and have a break away from work, which mentally is needed um, at this high level. It's only a couple of days break, but it's, it's it's worth every penny for them mentally and physically to come back and they have the, the sort of buzz to come into Finch Farm work and, um, and, hit, and hit the standards high. Um, 
he hasn't been able to do that. The players haven't been able to do that. Um, and other teams as well. But what I like is he hasn't moaned once about it. We've seen other managers uh, come out and, and speak publicly <clears throat> regarding their issues. But Carlos embraced the city. Uh, he's getting to know us, how we tick. So hopefully that will feed into him uh, what we want. He knows what, what, what it takes to be successful. It's working in progress right now. Um, we've seen glimpses of how he wants to set up his team and the wins that we've had. Um, but on the flip side, it has been a massive missed opportunity. Um, next season, I feel the teams who have all made changes, Tottenham have changed the manager, they're ahead of us. They're going to be having a big, a big push again in the summer. You know, Chelsea have changed the manager. They're not happy. Um, we're below all that. So we know what level we need to be at. So it's going to be a massive summer for us. The other teams are going to be improving. We need to improve um, also. Uh, I just feel this season was a huge opportunity to break into that top four um, to give us that extra cash to, to pump in the summer. So I feel he's made it more difficult for himself by not taking them opportunities. I think that himself and the players will be disappointed when the season comes to an end. If we, if we don't finish in them European spots, he's he publicly targeted um, Europe when he first comes to the club, but he's also not so long ago gave, gave the players a bit of a a, a target. They wanted, he wanted four wins out of five. They failed in the first hurdle. Um, so whether the players cannot handle that pressure, that is up to him to change that mentality and um, and to work on them players to, to believe in themselves and get the confidence because the players do the end of the day, they love an arm around the shoulder um, every now and then. I think Carlo, if you look at ex-players, I haven't seen anyone dislike him, anyone say a bad word about him. Um, but this is a different set of players. He needs to try and improve them uh, by being probably more stern with them, but also having a band with his arm around his shoulder. And he, look, he's old and wise and he'll know the ways about that. But I just feel at times this season, the decisions he's made on the pitch... Um, Jordan, the games, um, that probably cost us a uh, three points at times. So, yeah, made up his here. Hopefully, it's just a work in progress, and he does need to bring more of his own players into the club to to move us forward. And fingers crossed that will happen. But on what we've seen so far, uh, I'll give him a seven out of ten. A seven out of ten for you. So there we have it, guys. Home form, away form, style of play, transfers, and overall so far with Carlo Ancelotti at Everton. We have Borley at 32.5 out of 50. We have Ben 31.5 out of 50 and Paul 29.5 out of 50. So we're all very, very close, guys, and feelings are pretty much all the same. Ben, Paul, Michael Ball, thanks for joining us as always. We will be back Sunday with all the fallout and all the talk from Everton's trip down to London against West Ham. In the meantime, stay safe, take care, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.